And we are back, Daru Sean Podcast, episode number 45. I'm your host, Phil Daru. Today, I have my man, Mike Dolce, on the podcast. If you don't know who this individual is, he's the guy that basically started the weight cut process for MMA. When, it, when you're talking about taking it mainstream and actually doing it the right way with a systematic approach. So if you don't know who this individual is, we get to talk a little bit more about his past, what he's doing now, and how he goes about his life after the fact of just dominating the entire weight cut game in his time. Okay, he's worked with Ronda Rousey, Kelvin Gastelum, a ton of phenomenal UFC fighters. So we get into deep detail on that and then also his business ventures going further. Now, before we do that, I have to shout out the sponsors, Athletic CBD. Go to athleticcbd.com. I highly recommend the Relief Cream Therapy. It has a cooling agent in it, 500 milligrams of CBD. If you have some bumps and bruises or anything like that, take care of it right then and there. Check out it. Check it out with my discount code Daru and you'll get 10% off. Also, vivobarefoot.com. Those are the shoes that I'm actually wearing inside of my training videos. If you look at my YouTube, everybody's been asking me, what type of shoes are you wearing? It's a minimalistic shoe to help with foot strengthening, but overall functionality, right? So I highly recommend it, vivobarefoot.com. You can use my discount code, DeRueStrong20 at your checkout, get some percentage off of that, and get you some shoes that are actually gonna be functional for athletic performance. Now, also, if you're looking to learn any of my protocols, my methods of training, right? All of my systems that I utilize with all of my athletes, check out my mentorship program now available on my website, deroostrong.com. Also, I have plenty of programs there for sale online that you can use wherever you're at. Also have a body weight only program, body armor. If you are on lockdown or you can't make it to the gym, don't worry, I got your back. It's an eight week program that I guarantee will get you the results that you want. Now. Let's get on to the podcast. To the Strong Podcast. Podcast. Let's go. Mind over matter. Put your mind somewhere else and keep going. That little voice in your head is trying to stop you from getting to where you want to be. Be successful and keep moving forward. With your host and world-renowned strength and conditioning coach, Phil Delroo. All right, and we're live with my man, Mr. Mike Dolce. Dolce What's Diet. What's up, brother? What's going on, bro? Thanks so much for uh, for joining me today on a Friday. How you feeling? No bro? place I'd rather be, my man. That's what's <laughs> up, man. So for the 0.2% that do not know who this man is, Mike, can you please tell them basically who you are and how you got started in this whole thing, man, MMA and just weight cutting, being that specialist that you are, and then everything that entails. So your floor is yours, man. Go ahead. I'll try and be brief, but first and foremost, I am a dad, a two-time girl dad, baby, five and four years old right now. What a blessing. I am happily married to the same woman for 20 years now, which is a rarity these days, right? So I'm going to put that on my resume first and foremost. I'm also the four-time world MMA trainer of the year, which is a super cool um, title to have. And congratulations to you, my man, for also, bam, earning that, um, that title this year. And you did get my vote, and we rallied the Dolce community around you, man. And you've Thanks. earned it, to be clear. And, and briefly, what I like about that award is we're nominated by industry professionals, our peers, 
but were voted on by the community. And I don't want to say fans. I want to be more respectful than that. But the community at large votes on the person they feel who most deserves that award. So, bro, I was so happy to see you get that now, I've been working in the health and fitness field my entire life. I was an honors math, honors sciences type of kid. I was that athlete nerd um, that might have been a rarity. I wasn't a jock, though. I was a pretty good athlete. I was a wrestler, fourth-year uh, varsity wrestler, and I was a four-year captain in high school. So a freshman who's a, a varsity starter and a captain, which is a, a kind of a rarity also. But that's only because I was so focused on this, man. I loved it. I love the science. I love performance. I love the grind. I love to be in the gym, sweating and bleeding with my brothers, right? That, that's who I am at my core. I'm a gym dude. I'm a meathead at my core. But I knew science was the way forward. And that was the way to differentiate high-level performance versus the journeyman and the also-ran. I competed a little bit here or there with no aspirations of being an ass-kicker or a world title competitor. I competed because I love to compete, push myself, challenge myself, but I love the process. And I love to learn the process. And that made me a better coach, you know, because you've been in there banging it out too. People who've never been in there, they don't understand everything that these athletes go through, the behind the scenes, the phone calls from Uncle Joe you haven't spoken to, right? Sitting backstage waiting for the, we roll it, waiting for that call and all that stuff, that matters. So I've, I've gone through the gamut. I was uh, the, the head strength coach for Team Quest North hired in 2004. Mm -hmm. uh, that's when Randy was getting ready to fight Tito Ortiz for the light heavyweight world title. And in, I was in the game before that, working with athletes from Team Henzo Gracie since the late 90s into the early 2000s. So I was working inside the world of MMA when it was still NHB and it was kicked off pay-per-view. And our athletes were primarily competing over in Pancrase in Japan. So I've been in the game that long. A lot of people don't know because Instagram wasn't around and Twitter didn't pop off until maybe 08, 09 and whatnot. Yeah. So I've, I've been blessed to work with the world's greatest athletes over 20 some odd years. And I think we've earned a reputation. My ability to sit here and, and, and call you a friend and appear and speak to you right now is because we earned the reputation of success and credibility and integrity. And when there was a job to be done, we were the first phone call people made because they knew we would get it done. And I proudly boast that we are the only team I'm aware of in the weight management field, in all of combat sports with a 100% success ratio for over 20 years. And nice. Phil, you know, I work with the worst of the worst. Okay. I love Kelvin, but man, I got Kelvin to championship weight from 185, we dropped in the 170.00. And it wasn't easy brother, but we got him there. I know we it, got him there. I know it. Yeah, you've worked with like the who's who in the industry, in the sport. I did want to ask you, you got this young lady's uh, picture right behind you, yep. you know, arguably one of the most talented, but also the most famous fighters, not just a female, but in general, what was it like actually, how did, first of all, how did it come about and what was it like working with her, with Ronda Rousey? I was, it was maybe 2013 or so going back now. Um, I was actually staying, I was in Sydney, Australia. I was doing a seminar series down in Sydney. It was beautiful. I remember I wake up and there's a DM on my phone from Rhonda. 
And she had just made the transition over the UFC. She was the reigning strike force women's champion. Dana White said he would never have women fight in the UFC. And then this golden haired golden girl from Southern California pops up on the scene, twisting girls up, breaking arms in a minute or less. And man, the world caught fire of, of who Ronda Rousey was. And then she called me and she said, Hey, Dolce, listen, like, I'm having some trouble right now. I'm struggling with weight. I got this famous guy, this famous, you know, this dude off camera we'll talk about. No, no ill will towards him, but he had her on an OMAD diet, one meal a day, the, the Ori Hoffmankler warrior diet. And it wasn't Ori who did it. It was a hybrid. It was, it was kind of a spinoff. He's yeah. got her on one meal a day, training three times a day. She's got bruised knuckles and holes in her hands that aren't healing for six weeks or more, and they're getting worse. Her hair's dry and brittle, dark bags under her eyes. She's dragging her ass out of bed every day, and she's got six weeks to fight Misha Tate for the UFC world title. And she was a little lost, and she said, I didn't know what to do, and Dana White said, call Dolce, because I had earned that reputation in the industry for the 10 years prior. Dana had seen, bam, 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 every time. Our athlete, the worst of the worst, made weight on time every time, and then performed. Yep. The way they needed to for 15 or 25 minutes, right? We didn't win them all, but we went, we won most of them, I got to say, and we never underperformed. So bam, Rhonda pulled me in to finish this off. I tripled her calories. I had her go from one meal a day to six times a day. Dramatically, she leaned out, felt great. That, and she actually, I'm not, I'll never say anything an athlete hasn't publicly said. Rhonda's yep. spoken about this in her book. She's, she's done interviews with, with Cosmo and whatnot. So I'm just kind of repeating what she had said. The hand healed up, the bags went away, hair looked great. She had a glow about her and she went out there and Misha's great, I'm a fan. And Misha, Ronda destroyed Misha in a good, real fight. That was a scrap. Ronda bulldozed her, got the finish win and then moved on and the rest is history. She became, I believe, the most dominant female in MMA up until that point. Now we got Joanna, now we got Amanda. We got a few, cause you know, in time, they passed the mantle. Ali passed the mantle. Frazier passed the mantle, you know? Definitely, so definitely. Ronda passed the mantle. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, with you, you're actually that type of person too as well. You passed it on to these younger individuals. You've been doing this for such a long time. I remember when I started MMA, you were the guy, you know, which was awesome. That was now looking back, it's like 12 years ago. And you were, and you were kicking and you were still doing your thing. How do you build, like how you've built, I'm a big fan of the way you do things, but I'm also an even bigger fan of how you go about, you know, doing your, like doing your business work, like improving on your brand and increasing your value with that. How did you start like putting this all together, the Dolce diet and how did it get so big? Well, I appreciate that, Phil, man. Thank you. And I was I was the first guy, and I'm going to kind of sound like a humble brag, but it's factual. I was the first one doing what we're doing right now, and I believe I created accidentally. It wasn't my intention going into it. I had a passion, and I saw a need. There was a void in the industry. Athletes, when I entered the industry, were still cutting weight the way they had done 100 years ago. They were still training the way they had done 100 years ago. They were adopting bodybuilding-based philosophy, not even science, on how to get ready for mixed martial arts competition. I had experience as a combat athlete working with high-level wrestlers, college wrestlers, Division I national champions. 
before I entered even into the NHB MMA world. So that, that's kind of where I grew up in the 90s. It was all combat sports and strength sports, powerlifting, highland games, those type of weight class oriented endeavors. So as we move forward, this whole Dolce diet thing took off. I was the head strength coach of Team Quest North. Right. That was Dan Henderson, Evan Tanner, rest in peace, Matt Lindley, Randy Couture, Ed Herman, Chael Son, and Nate Quarry. Man, these are the OGs, BJ Penn, Tim Silva. They would come out and train with us. Dwayne Ludwig, bam. This was the hub. It was us and Militich. At that time, we were the two, the only two big gyms in MMA. And that was us and, and all the OGs. They remember this. That was a head strength coach. So, man, you want to talk about Petri dishes. I yeah. had so many active Petri dishes and I have a notepad on every single athlete I've ever worked with. I know their bowel movements. I know their sense of humor. I know when they had a good sleep or a bad sleep. I know what they ate. I know how they trained. I know what they sweat, what they respirate overnight. I'm a data fiend, right? Going back, you know, 30 years now, I'm a data fiend. I'm, I'm a ones and zeros guy. I'm a math guy. Yeah. I worked in real estate finance for a while to pay the bills. I'm a math guy and I aggregate all this data and that helps because this is a science, but it's how you apply it that matters. Sure. I'm also a businessman. Yeah. I just, I grew up poor, brother, dirt, dirt, poor. And I knew I need to work. I started working at eight years old to feed myself. The yeah. only reason I went to school was to get one lunch, one, one hot meal a day. And that's mm -hmm. a whole nother side of it. So I always had my mind on monetization, making money, putting a roof over my head, building a future, right? That concept came. So building this business to me, and this is why I'm very vocal. Now I'm in the position that I can be vocal. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'm not looking for sponsorships. I'm not, not chasing contracts. I am completely self-sustained now. And that's a nice position to be in, in life. But that's because of integrity. Yeah. Everything I ever said I was going to do, I've done. Every commitment I've ever made to any athlete, any team organization, I've followed through and over-delivered. And that's the reputation here. We say on time, every time. That became the reputation. We were known for success and we never had a failure ever. Mm -hmm. That built the business, that built the brand. That's the foundation of the brand. But in time, I got to the point, Phil, I said, you know what? I've been doing this for 10 plus years in MMA. And there was a time that Dana White joked, I was at more events than he was. Uh, it was, I was boom, 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 uh, stage, 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 stage. I was going from one event to another event to another event, like I was on staff for the UFC. Yeah. It got to the point where I went through my 30s or so, went in my 20s into my 30s and said, it's time to build a family. Yeah. And we needed to pivot the, vis the business. And then we pivoted the business and we saw where the business was going, the larger health and fitness business. We're an mm -hmm. independent publisher of four number one best-selling books, unheard of. While we were a number one bestseller, we went digital. We left print publishing, we went digital. Nobody was digital. We saw that coming, we went digital. So when COVID and everything else hits, our business tripled yeah. during that time. And I cut my prices in half. Mm -hmm. So we are a value-based business, a service-based business. We have the proof of concept of the world's greatest athletes, but we're here to help regular folks. That, like that's you know broad picture, general consumer, but it's the same damn science and we stand behind it, man. That's the, any business owner out there we stand behind our word. We over-deliver on value. If anyone's going to get screwed financially, it's going to be me. Sure. Fuck yeah. Like, screw me over. Then I know you're off the list. I just won't work with you again. I'll take that small little hit. No big deal. Lesson learned. Thank you very much. I will never, ever, ever step on another person's pocket, though, in order to get ahead like a lot of fools in the fitness industry do. So 
I'm not gonna go there, but I know what you mean. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You know what oh, I'm definitely. saying, man. It's yeah, a lot out there. Yeah, for sure. I want to switch gears a little bit because you are this guy. I want to make sure that a lot of the people get the answers that they were looking for. But I get a lot of people ask me about weight loss, right? And we're yep. like the keys right now. We're talking general, not really talking about weight cutting, but more yep. from a diet perspective. What do you think are the keys to really getting down in that body fat percentage and getting you as lean as possible? What do you think are the major things that people need to look out for? Well, there's, there's a few different tiers and we kind of look at general pop, right? So general pop, we have a few different designations. We have the, the morbidly overweight to the obese, right? Those are the, the 40 plusers, we think. You got 40 or more pounds to lose. That's one mentality, one mindset, one structure. Those individuals, they need to start cutting out all the crap. Mm -hmm. Stop all the bad stuff. Start replacing that with some good stuff. Let's start moving your body. Then it's like, all right, now you're in that 20 to 40, let's say a 30 pounder. So you got the 40 plusers. Now you got the 20 to 40 pounder, the 30 pounders. Those 30 pounders, they need to start dialing things in, in a little bit more. They need to start removing the variables, right? You can't eat clean and exercise, but skip workouts and skip meals. That's a plateau right there. So you got to eat your four meals or so. On average, four meals. I eat five to six meals a day. Not sure what you do, but... You say about four meals per day, call it a meal, call it a shake, call it a snack. I don't care. Four feedings per day. On average, this eliminates variability and it creates predictability. Simple scientific method here. We're eliminating variables. We're controlling as many aspects as we can so we can curate predictable outcomes. Then we sit back and we watch. Every three days, we make an adjustment if necessary till we get someone dialed in. It becomes, it's so easy. It's yeah. so easy to take people through the tier. And then we have like that, that 20 and below. So now 20 and below, I'm a 200 pound guy. I need to drop 20 pounds, get down to the one eighties or so. Fuck man. I'll be shredded. I mean, me at 212, if I get down to 96, I'm yeah. fucking shredded. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So yeah, like, yeah. you know, yeah. so the margin of error becomes smaller. This is where the macros start to matter a lot more. This is where the, the list versus hit starts to matter a lot more. And then we get down to that like sub 10 pound zone just to kind of break it up so people know where they fit. That sub 10 pound zone, then it's perfection. How many hours of sleep are you, are you getting? That matters. We got to get seven and a half plus hours for sure. Toxic people in your life, ban, stiff arm, block them, can't be involved, get off your social media now. Like it's all about this. It's all about that curating that process. But now we're talking single digit sub nine with that mentality. Most people, most guys, 11% body fat, 12 is the ceiling, float yeah. somewhere around 11. You look like a bodybuilder, the average person. You don't need to go much more, but twice a year you should. Mm -hmm. What do you think is the best percentage? I get this a lot too as well, with, especially with my fighters. Um, what is the best percentage um, for a fighter to be at on walk around weight throughout the year? Around 10, a little bit over 10, between 10 and 11, because pro fighters are a different breed. They're not like you and I, you know, yeah. we're, we're hard training dudes, but we don't have to step on a scale in front of a million people, right? Yeah. We don't need to worry about that 0 .00 at the end. They do. The yeah. average fighter, and there's, there's a lot of debate, but I'll throw out some general, generalities, general um, generalisms here. Mm -hmm. The average male combat athlete should be competing at single digits, seven to 9% on average. Okay. The lower the weight class, they should be competing a little bit lower. They need to be competing a little bit lower. The higher the weight class, heavyweights shouldn't be competing above 12%. And shame on them if they do. Real, real talk. 
man, put a 20 pound backpack on your back and you go out there and spar dos años or someone else. See how that feels. That's what it is. And I was critical of Cain Velasquez years ago and he didn't like it. And I I think Cain's awesome. But at the same time, you and you know, man, there's been studies done on the NFL. We look at the, the lower body injuries of the larger mass athletes and we can say the higher the body mass, the greater the percentage of lower body injuries right? Mm-hmm. Due to the shearing force. I turn one way, my body mass turns the other way. Non-functional body mass is very dangerous. And then we can apply all-cause mortality on top of that. That's yeah. when the career is over, but yeah. still. So we're looking, and this is harder because now the athletes who train hard in camp, then they fucking party hard out of camp. They're going up to 12, 14, 16% or more. And then they're trying to drop 40 pounds. Yeah. So now training camp, camp becomes fat camp. Yeah, yeah. Even you get that with a lot of even, even it doesn't matter what weight class you're in. I see that with 45ers even, you know, and that's the thing is like, don't balloon up after your last, like your last fight, like try to stay within a a healthy range. And, and, and for me, I like it, you know, somewhere around 12%, you know, just to stay in that range. Um, When you're going through a, a, a fight week and Typically, this is probably when you start to do all your water loads and, and things of that nature, right? Yep. What is what is a sample? I know it's probably it's just this is a general approach, but what's a sample diet look like for that week of uh, of uh, the final week of uh, the fight camp? It, this is something that I spoke with. Uh, I had a few of the other uh, weight cut guys on Andy Galpin and Tony Ricci and uh, Matteo Cappadoglia from Italy. We had them on and, and kind of we, we were breaking some of this down. And what we do that might be a little bit different, we try not to drop calories. Three weeks out, we actually try and fix calories and or increase calories. But what we do is we start adding meals. Mm-hmm. So let's say we're taking in 2,000 calories a day spread over five meals. We'll jump that to six meals and we won't drop calories. We're focused on digestive efficiency here. And yes. it's interesting how and there's we can debate this and i'm sure i could get two phds to take opposite sides of this conversation mm. it's it's simple calories in calories out that's all that matters Three thousand calories in one meal or 10 meals doesn't matter but in the real world the human body does not work based upon math it works based upon biology and we have seen that athletes who eat the same amount of food spread multiple times throughout the day drop weight they do not hold on to the same weight that's possibly due to reduction in um, inflammation through the digestive uh, improvement of digestive efficiency which is one of our main focuses as we get into fight week We're focused mostly on digestive efficiency during fight week. So the athletes can retain as many of the vital nutrients as possible. Mm -hmm. Instead of some of the other systems, they go straight keto. They drop the fiber, they drop the sugar, they go, they go meats and fats. That makes no sense for a glycolytic athlete. In our opinion, that also makes no sense with regards to digestive efficiency. We improve digestive efficiency. We improve micronutrient intake. We do not drop fiber. We, in fact, increase fiber. And we try and keep um, um, carbohydrate intake relatively stable. Now, we bring it down closer to what's necessary because activity drops also. So intake mimics expenditure. That way, the athlete's fully fed. But then we're feeding them in two-hour intervals instead of four-hour intervals. And it's much easier to time their meals based upon their activity. Yeah, uh, that, that leads me to this one because I, I've had a lot of guys ask me about ketogenic diets and carnivore diets and, you know, going vegan. 
I know where you stand on this, but I want to get your take so everybody can hear it. Um, vegan diets, all these other fad diets, do they have a place in mixed martial arts or in any combat sport? Or do we need to take more of a scientific approach and work on it from a subjective perspective? I already know your answer, but go ahead and tell them, please. Well, I'll start the conversation saying that we know humans are opportunistic omnivores. Since the dawn of time, humans will eat whatever is available to them. No, I, and all the, the paleo crap was a, a big marketing lie put out there. Keto marketing lie put out there and, and carnivore marketing lie put out there. And vegan is a conflated concept put out there due to ignorance or greed. Either way, whatever. We know humans are opportunistic omnivores. What does that mean? If me and you were going on a hunting party, Phil, we are not walking past a blueberry bush. Oh, that's a plant-based. I'm not going to eat that. We're going to load up on that mofo. Yeah, and yeah. that's going to fuel us to get to the next feeding station. To the same degree, I am not going to walk by, we are not going to walk by a salmon where the water's pulled out. Now they're stuck in this little puddle. Woo, winning right there. We're going to bash that mofo. We're going to eat it on the spot. Maybe yeah. smoke it, bring it with us for the colder, darker months, right? That's mm -hmm. what humans are. But they conflate the science to sell some sort of differentiated concept. And that's where keto comes in. That's where vegan comes in. And I can answer this equally on both sides. Keto, paleo, carnivore, vegan, whatever. If those worked, every elite athlete would be following those and eating those right now. Clearly, those don't work. Yeah because no athletes follow them. And we've known about those for a hundred years, hundred or more years. We've been aware of it. So this is just, you know, keyword flipping. A lot of our, our brethren in the fitness community, man, they lock onto a keyword. They ride that for 18 to 36 months. They milk as much cash out of that as they can. And then they jump to the next keyword. Yeah. And, and that's the truth. That's, I think, again, to kind of your earlier question, that's what differentiates us. I've never done that. I got a tweet from someone earlier, 13 years ago, I told him exactly the same thing I, I posted on my Instagram today. He's like, holy shit, man, you told me that 13 years ago. Wow. Right? I'm, if you go back through my tweet stream, bro, I am consistent. Why is that? Because it's best practices. Yeah. The yeah. only difference in what I say is, is advancements in application, maybe, but not in principle. You know, we can learn a little bit more through trial and error through experience, but it's founded in, in the same, it, it has the same foundation. It's not because someone popped on Rogan's podcast and they talked about something cool. And then all of a sudden Gwyneth Paltrow throws it up on her goop site. And now that's what everyone's doing. But if we look at those fat bodies, man, they're walking around with legs looking like bruised bananas, right? Their bellies look like chewed up bubble gum. So what are we listening to these fools for anyway? <laughs> so Getting, getting back to that, because like, I know that you've had some issues with a lot of fighters, man, and, and, and trying to change their everyday lifestyle in order for them to perform at their best. You don't have to name names, but give me, I don't know, give me your, your top. What was the worst weight cut that you had to go through with an athlete? Man, there's a lot. I mean, you know, Gel getting Kelvin down to 170, that was no picnic. And fucking, no, and I, I, hey, listen, listen, it wouldn't be Dolce if he didn't name names, bro. Like, fuck that shit. <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm telling the truth, man. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus. I'm telling the truth. And this is yeah. a testament to Kelvin. It was hard as fuck. Yeah. Hard as fuck, but we did it. 
And Kelvin showing his championship heart. Fucker made 170.00 and then got a fucking submission and a $50,000 performance of the night bonus. Other fools on that card and other cards, they pull up three pounds short, right? Kelvin fucking nutted up and got it done. But I will say he did it with me. Uh, yeah. With a lot of these other fools out there that try and talk shit about me, right? <laughs> those fools, man, those fools should be in front of the fucking grand jury. Yeah. They should, they should fucking be up on charges for their conflated ass fucking bullshit. That's the truth. Now I won't name names there, but we can scratch our head and we know, we know they're all full of shit. They're yeah. all fucking, they're making these athletes lying. They're fucking con men. They're making these athletes suffer. They're fucking putting their finger in these athletes pockets, stealing their fucking money. And then they're coming up short. And that's bullshit. And that's hurting the athletes. And that's why I get so passionate, Phil. Because it's hurting the fucking athletes, man. And that's bullshit. When I work with an athlete, my job is not for the athlete to win the fight, not to make a million dollars, not even to make fucking weight. My job is to shuttle this athlete through this dangerous process and keep them as healthy as possible so they can go home to their families and they can live another 50, 60, 70 years and have all of their utility. That's my job. No, no. I don't know anybody else, maybe a few others. Think oh. of it like that. They just think of it as fucking selfie time, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, arguably, this is like the one of the worst parts about fighting. Believe it or not, it has nothing to do with fighting. You know, yeah. um, I've had fucking bad, bad weight cuts, not knowing what I was doing at, at certain times. Young kid, 20 years old, you know, just doing what I could do. Um, luckily, I ended up, I actually followed some of your protocols you know, did my own research at times and, and was yeah. able to really do it the right way. But shout out to Kelvin, by the way. Kelvin's got a fight in a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm, I'm actually working with him virtually, so. Yeah, no, I know, Kelvin. And Tiago Alves, man, I know he's down there in Florida. Tiago yeah, Alves, yeah. we may wait seven times. Tiago misweight the fight before we work together, misweight yeah. the fight after. The fight's in the middle. Johnny Hendricks, same thing. Johnny Hendricks made weight every single time with us. Yeah, misweight tough- four times after us. Now, I, I like those guys. I have affection for these guys. We went to war together. Like, man, you go down deep with these guys. I'm not talking bad. I'm saying these athletes had a history of very challenging weight cuts. And our system, our methodology, our science, but mostly the integrity of my team and I, mm-hmm. we walked the walk with them and we got them where they needed to be. And that's where a lot of these people, they, 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 they step out. They walk away, Right. Yep, no, nah, for sure. You got a team now. I mean, you've had a team for a while. Um, what what does what made you decide to get you know more of those dietitians in order and and getting getting them on the Dolce Diet team for yourself? I know that was obviously uh, a factor of you know just over volume, but uh, but when did you start to really understand like okay, I need to bring in more help? As we as we started to grow, we started to scale. We got a lot of requests, as, as you know. I'm sure you're getting right now. Everybody wants to work with we when you, you're hot, when you're getting the you know the, the, the media hits and whatnot. Man, there's there's some sizzle. People want to work, and I was very diligent in not over diluting my services. We worked with five athletes per year. Done. Yeah. You can't work in my field like doing what we do. You can't work with more than that because five athletes compete. 15 times a year, that's 15 weeks plus one week during training camp. I'm on the road 30 plus weeks out of the year. How can I take on any more work and serve my client properly? Having, and then, so we started a decade or more ago, we started hiring hiring registered dietitians on staff. We were up to the point that we had 12 W2 employees, nine of which were registered dietitians, working for our team, ensuring most importantly, that we were doing the best job possible 
and serving our clients because some clients, they had health histories that I was not qualified, not experienced and not comfortable to address. And I said, hey, this isn't just sports performance anymore. And there's, a, again, you know, I won't name names, but most of the fools in this industry, they do not take their job seriously. People come to us and they trust us to care for their health. And if you are not a licensed registered dietitian, you do not have the academic know-how to work with someone who has some sort of metabolic disease disorder, some sort of thyroid issue, some insulin issue, some life or health history of cardiovascular disease. They're on some sort of, of um, psychiatric drug. Yeah. These are serious issues that need to be addressed and they need to be addressed by professionals, which is why we continue to build out our team and have top-notch licensed professionals. And that's one of the greatest things ever. That allowed me to do much more of the things that I'm good at and they could do the things that they're good at and also the things that we wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I, I, I went to school initially to be a clinical dietitian and then I said, I don't wanna do this. Oh my God, no way. Like I wanna be fucking in the gym, man. I wanna be taking that, <gasps> that deep breath with the athlete. I wanna be in the field. Like, yeah. I didn't want to be doing that. Our, our team does. Yeah, and that's, that's the beauty of it. So that was kind of the concept. And, and you know how it is, man. The, you want to get bigger, you got to get a bigger team. And, yeah. and that was a challenge for us in many ways because I didn't want to spend my time as an HR director. And I found myself doing that at one point in my career as we were trying to, to scale, you know, the, the, the good to great concept. We were trying to scale our business and said, you know what? I'm not trying to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that size business where I have to focus all my day on HR issues. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's shrink this back down and let's really get back to doing what we do best. It's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always good when you have a solid team around you, you don't have to, you know, micromanage, you can delegate accordingly and do what you do best. And that's, I mean, obviously you've done that, you've proven that, you know, uh, switching gears a little bit to some more viral topics. Yeah, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. So what do you think about the Jake Paul Ben Askren fight, by the way? <laughs> Man, I, I, it's a spectacle. It's a fight. Like dudes are going to bleed, right? Somebody might get knocked out. Look yep. at, I'm impressed. I got to tell you, I'm impressed with, with Jake and yep. Logan. Yeah. Cause they're getting in there. They're throwing real punches and real punches are coming back at them. And a lot of people in the media and MMA world, they've never fought before. Yeah. Right. So they don't get that at the same time, Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor, like yeah. spectacles, because if you put Jake Paul into the amateur ranks and you let him build up his career, five or 10 amateur fights, maybe oh, yeah. Austin gets to the UFC level, bro. He's going to take some losses along the way. Yeah. He's going to take some losses for Jake Paul is not a, a, a undefeated potential athlete in the proper system but jake paul can do a goddamn good job picking fights and making money and i love it I, i'll watch that i'll pay for it now ben Askren, i think is a well-picked opponent for jake oh 100%. i think ben loses that fight mm -hmm. jake because jake's not a better fighter than ben if, mm -hmm. if if those two meet in the dark alley ben's winning that fight and going home without a scratch most likely to be fair inside the rules of, of a, a squared circle in, in, you know, three minute rounds or whatnot with boxing gloves only Jake Paul walking around at what? 200 pounds. Ben walking around dad bodied at 180. <laughs> not to disrespect Ben, but th that's the truth, man. Jake Paul throws real hard shots. Yeah. Watch the kid train. I know you work with the Paul brothers too. These yeah. are kids are fucking serious, man. They got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. So, no, yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's definitely, uh, 
Jake can definitely scrap. Like, I know it sounds crazy. He's a YouTuber. He is a very good, like, if I were to put a category on it, I would say that he's a, he's a talented amateur. He's a talented yeah. amateur. He knows yeah. how to do the basics very well. Uh, man, he, he sparred with one of my guys, uh, Jake Boswick, who's a bare yep. knuckle fighter. Yep. You know, and, 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 and Jake and him went at it, man. He, he didn't back up. He did what his coaches told him to do. Had no ego from what I heard, you know, went in yep. there and just practiced the way he needed to. Um, and then and Logan's the same way, man. I, I, I work with Logan at his house, actually. And yes, sir, no, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, like was really on it, man. Really actually trying to learn the sport and picking my brain on like certain ways to train, which was awesome, yep. you know, to see. So we'll, we'll see. But it's fun in the moment, especially seeing all this and more eyes are being on the sport. I know people are saying that. I know Mike Tyson has said that, too, as well. So it's fun. But, yeah, I think it was tailor made to get Ben Askren in there for a boxing match. Like, MMA, totally different. You know, I think, I know Logan had some uh, background in wrestling, so maybe they could do something there, which would be really cool. I'd rather that, you know what I'm saying? Where Logan is bigger than Ben, in a sense. But, you know, Ben is obviously the most polished wrestler that the UFC had. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, it's fun, fun, fun to be a part of this whole thing right now, uh, it's crazy. It's entertainment, man, right? We're, it's sports entertainment, right? That's yeah. that's the fun thing. And I love, combat sports is so hard. I love that Ben's getting a big old payday. I love that the Paul brothers are getting paid. Like, I love that, man. I wanna see every, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an infinite guy. I wanna see everyone make fucking shit tons of money. Shit yeah. tons of money, take care of their family, live their best life, you know, fingers crossed, please don't get hurt, go home to your family and live another 60 years, man, right? Yep. Revel in it, enjoy it. Like, so I love that part of it, you know, but, you know, I, I mean, we, we could get some, some, some fucking 70 pounders out there to, to sock up a two. We've seen it in the gym, man. You'll see a 45 pounder sock up an 85 pounder, no problem, yeah. right? So, yeah. You know the matchups matter. Matchups matter for sure. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, most recent fight that we've had uh, with Connor and Dustin. How did yeah. you? Let's first first of all let's, let's back up a little bit because Connor, I guess he changed up his training routine. He went to another area. He was in he wasn't in Ireland at the time. Um, how do you think he looked on the scale? Like as far as the weight cut goes. You know, I think physically looking at Connor. I think Connor physically looked the best he's looked. You okay. know, his body looked great. I know he 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 fired his former nutrition guy. He brought in Tristan Kennedy as an upgrade, John Kennedy. And this isn't me throwing shade. It's just the truth, and it's it's out there. And Connor even came out and said this was his best shape. He was not fatigued at all. He felt great. The weight cut was awesome. And Connor had a lot of struggles during the weight cut. And I have, have you know I've. I've I'm friends with dudes on his team behind the scenes and it doesn't matter if, you know, whatever, you know, opinions might be just factually speaking, Connor looked awesome. I look like he put on muscle. His muscles look fuller and rounder. He didn't look sucked out. You can see in a guy's eyes, man, how bad they're hurting, right? You and I, we can see that immediately. Connor looked fresh. He looked like he could fight that day. DP looked fucking good too. I was like, damn, these boys are, these guys are ready to go. So that being said, and, and, you know, coming off the scale, this is a fight but I knew Connor was off for a long time. And I've been around the game long enough to know that goes two ways, yeah. right? Usually it doesn't go as well. Sometimes you get in there and lightning strikes because yeah. you're fresh. 
you got no expectation on your back, but someone like Connor, and there's a lot of expectation on him, I felt. And you know, Poirier is a fucking soul stealer, right? <laughs> Poirier is, Poirier never got the credit I felt that he deserved his entire career for as good as he was. And I, and I, I don't know if, if DP might've got mad at me because maybe a year or so ago, I, 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 I was there when Poirier was cutting weight to 45 to fight Connor the first time I was with Manny Gimburian and we saw Poirier in the sauna and I was very vocal in getting him out of the sauna and just giving, I wasn't his coach. I wasn't on his team, but I'm good friends with, with the guys around him. I don't want to name drop at all, but I care about them. Right. And I was affiliated and I saw a dude who was not in a good way. And all I will say, and I know who he was working with, of course, the worst in the industry, he was working with that dude and he, it showed and a glancing shot put Poirier down. That shot should never put Poirier down. No. It shouldn't. And I said, and I said, this fight is not the same fight because Poirier up a weight class. Now he knows his body. He's likely doing things the correct way. That type of shot isn't going to land. And we've seen Poirier walk through, I mean, Eddie Alvarez's shots, right? We've seen him walk through big shots without even with like laughing. Dude enjoys it. So I knew Connor's power, which is real. I didn't think it would affect Dustin, and it didn't. I mean, it, he he said it kind of like he felt it, but we didn't know it by watching, yeah. right? Because he's a fucking killer. Yeah, no, for sure. The, the the durability is definitely there now. You know, being in a in a big, and a big credit to you, by the way, also for being a part of it. I know what the role that you play in that. It, it, there's a team there, and and your inclusion in, and being part of his camp for so long is a big deal. It's a big deal. Thanks. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, with him just being more confident, too, as well, and, and going up into a little higher weight classes, what do you what do you think about that, too? Is like, you know, you get guys that, that obviously go down in weight classes, go up in weight classes. Do you feel like it's more appropriate for them if they're if that weight is just too much for them is to go up in weight and then be dominant and not have to cut so much weight there and ultimately put your health at risk? Absolutely. I'm I'm an advocate. I would love, and even 10 years ago, I was saying this, I would love to have been put out of a job before the athletes moved up a weight class yeah. and they didn't hire me for weight cutting. They simply hired me for healthy off seasons. That yeah. would have been, that would have been my dream come true because mm -hmm. I, man, I've, I've cut weight hundreds of times in my career, right? Wrestling and powerlifting and, and jujitsu and all the other BS that I've done. Dude, sometimes you don't know if you're coming back. I've been there. Yeah. I don't know if this, I didn't know if that weight cut was going to kill me. Right athletes go through that for real i was in a pool one time i didn't know if i had the strength or in, in a hot tub i didn't know if i had the strength to get myself out of the hot tub as a kid right so anyway going through that like fuck me i might die in this hot tub I, my arms aren't working right now everything's shutting down on me i'm seeing double right now like i went through that and having that trauma i know that what athletes go through which is why i'm so passionate about helping athletes stay healthy and all the, the turds out there who, who don't pay attention to this. But I want to see athletes compete at their healthy weight class. I want them to compete lean. I want them to compete light. I want them to be fast and sharp, yeah. but I want, I want, I want their brains to be intact. I don't want to see them dropping 12% body weight in, in, in 24, 36 hours to step on the scale like a cadaver. Cause we know 36 hours later, they will not come back. It's going to take a minimum of 48 hours and most likely it's going to take 96 or more. Mm -hmm. So we know, I mean, the data is there or more and most likely more. 
So we know that. So a little glancing shot, boom, man, that can shut the lights off. And sometimes those lights go off and they never come back on the same way. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I've seen many of fighters that lose their career off of just bad weight cuts, man. It's crazy. But it's good that, you know, you got guys like yourself. Now, again, you're not really working a whole lot anymore with a lot of the guys. I know you have, uh, I know you have Mursad. Yep. But is there anybody else that you have right now? Or are you just focus no, on the business? We're we're in intention. We do consulting. So we'll consult with a lot of teams. We'll get some phone calls from teams and agents and fighters and even some of the promotions. Love that stuff. But I've intentionally priced myself out of the industry. Hard for me to say no, but it's easy for me to increase my price to the point that, listen, let me just answer your questions and tell your team what to do. I'm happy to do that. I got a four-year-old and a five-year-old baby, you know, babies at home. I want to wake up every morning and play with them and take them to the park. That's real talk, man. I was on those planes for 10 plus years doing what I was doing. Like I've, I've been there, done it. And and like, you know, people like, Oh, Dolce's washed up. He's gone. I'm like, bro, I graduated sixth grade, man. I'm the Harvard professor now. Like you guys are still in sixth grade trying to win the spelling bee. Like that's the way I, you know, cause man, I was there. I was there. I did it. Been there, done that. I've moved on to the next phase of my life where I run, you know, running three different businesses now where back in those days I was, I was hustling paycheck to paycheck. Like I can live a different life and engage in a different way. I spend most of my time just providing free content, free value, man. I'm I'm a value oriented guy. I want to provide value. I want to answer questions. I want to help people, dude, call me all day long. Shoot me an email. How can I help you? Respect me, respect my time for sure. Like yeah. that, that's a simple thing, but you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be there. I, I, with respect, love the sport and everybody who's in it, man, but I've been there, done that and like moved on to another phase and I'm still working at a very high level. I'm working at a, a different level now. It's right. You know, you got NBA players, NBA players, yeah, shit, they make a lot of money. What do you think the owners make? Yeah. Right. So I'm working at the owner level now. I'm not working at the athlete level. And I don't say that to be disrespectful to anyone listening, but I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've been doing this since the nineties. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, at, at this age and stage of life, it, there's, there's different pursuits and challenges and opportunities that, that, that pull me now. And that's where I want to be. But I mean, I still have my hand in it, right? I'll never walk away from it. And I'm always happy to answer questions and shit. Most of the time it's for free. Like I'm not, I'm not going to charge someone, you know, my day rate or hourly to, to answer a, a question. I can answer like that, but they've struggled with for six weeks. You yeah. know, you know how it is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fucking awesome. Like, that's, that's the end goal, right? Like, that's where everybody should strive to get to, right? Get to the top of the mountain, be dominant, and then go off on your shield and, and then pass the torch, you know, basically, you know? That's what I, I do. I try and do. And I know a lot of people in the fitness industry, they're very competitive. It's like, screw It's mine. It's mine, man. I'm an abundance dude. Like, I'm like, dude, Phil Daru is fucking awesome. Like, dude, you, you should go follow fucking Phil, Andy Galpin, dude, fuck it. I want Andy to put me on a fucking diet. If I'm cutting weight, I'll hire Andy to put me on. People are like, dude, why are you sending business to these other fucking guys? Dude, cause they're fucking awesome. Cause I respect them. Cause I'm confident enough in my ability to understand that I need to be putting, like pointing at who I like and I respect. Yeah. Like it's a different mentality in business. People get too competitive with it. And I'm an abundance guy. And the more open I am, the more successful it seems that I've been, the more honest and transparent I've been. Why would I be like, yeah, like, you know, don't hire Tyler. 
you should fucking buy my book instead. Like, dude, check out Tyler's stuff. It's fucking awesome, man. His recipes are fire. Check yeah. the yeah, we got our stuff over here too. If you want that, but like, fuck it, man, get out there. Like, check it out. You know, it's like telling an athlete to only jab, dude. Fucking cross, hook, uppercut, step off, faint. Like, so again, I'm an abundance guy, and that's something maybe the young bucks out there can listen to because I know coming up, I wasn't. I was like, everybody's a fucking idiot. Nobody knows what they're, I'm the smartest one in the room, motherfuckers. And I got these guys 20 years older than me. They're like, you know, slow down there, young buck. <laughs> You're yeah. like, you wait and see. Well, now I'm, I'm that dude. Yeah, no, for sure, man. It's it's good to talk to you all the time, man, because you're always upbeat and you and you stay young, man. Like, you look about 25, man, so I'll give you that. You Thank know? you, brother. Yeah, it's no that doubt. Dolce diet, homie. Yeah, yeah, man, yeah. That <laughs> office is amazing, too. Shit, I want to have something like that. Thank you, man. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's, I, I've been changing shit up so much. It's funny. I am the guy, Phil, hopefully you, you're there. You're on the path that you're on a faster path than I was. So tip of the hat to you. You're farther ahead at your age than I was at your age. And I want to see you outpace me, but I was retired at 35. Yeah. Yeah. Quick. And with that, you know, effectually retire, I didn't have to do shit, invest in real estate. And we talk about that stuff offline and whatnot too. So I wasn't doing this shit to generate income anymore. So I this is, I had the, the, the business inspector come in and he came in and he's like, oh, I got, you know, fire code and all this stuff. I said, for what? I said, nobody comes in here. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, this is my man cave. <laughs> he's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, man. I was like, I, you know, my wife doesn't want all this shit in the house. So I, I you know, rented out this space and this is where I, I do my podcast. I shoot my videos. I come out here and train. Phil comes into town. Boom, bro. Here's the keys. Fuck yeah. it. It's yours. Like you want it, homie. It's your spot. So this is some cool stuff as you get a little bit older and you, you, you know, you fight the wars, you have a little bit of this stuff to kind of do at the end. Nah, for sure, man. It's goals right there. I like it. I like it. So let's go over. I want, I want you to tell the people like where they can find you. If they do not obviously follow you by now, they should have, um, where they can find you, anything else that you got coming up that's new, any programs, you know, floor is yours. Bro, I appreciate that. It's the Dolce Diet.com. I'm pretty unified. You type that in, whatever you want. We have our .com. We have the, the four-week and 12-week membership platform that you and I work together on. So we got a lot of the Daru Strong Army kind of dipping in over and, and playing with some of those Dolce meal plans. I love it. Your community is, is fucking awesome. I love when I see that Daru Strong code pop up, man, yeah. in our fucking feed. It, 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 it's sick. So we got the online platform. Bam, that's there. We have a certification coming up. It's a nutrition certification inside our system. And this is a college level course focused on the foundations of nutrition and dietetics teaches you everything we know at a base level to then move forward. So we get a lot of trainers, a lot of personal trainers, strength coaches who come in to solidify their knowledge base in what we do. They get certified under us. So now they have that, that DDC designation next to their name, but it's also grown into a business conference where we, to your point, I teach people how I built this business where right. I still don't spend a single dollar on marketing. I don't do the SEO. I don't do Facebook pixels. I don't do any of that stuff. So how did I build this cash flow positive business to retire at 35 truly, and then continue quarter over quarter growth doing what I'm doing right now? This is what I teach. And it, it's atypical. Most people don't teach this because it's you have to do it a certain way. And that's that's kind of there's there's merit to that and i'm not saying there's not merit to click funnel systems and the seo and the keyword tagging all there's merit to that but there's another way to do it because i grew up fucking poor right 
I grew up poor. So I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not spending money, motherfucker. I'm going to bootstrap this and let me see what I can do. So I've, I've been able to kind of teach the system how it works for us and how small operators can actually scale their business, create multiple streams of cash flow, become cash flow positive, create financial independence, and also some, some tax structure. How do you actually structure your business? How do you go from an individual to a sole prop to an LLC to an S corp? What makes sense for you? What about you know 401ks and IRAs? Let's start thinking about the future. We talk about 529s and all that stuff. So kind of bigger picture. So that's our, our certification conference. That's at the end of, of this month out here, which we're super pumped up about. Nice. And uh, is that yeah, going to be is that online or is that is that going to be something that you can attend? It's no, so though this is completely online and I, I appreciate this. I, I don't want to overstep um, Phil on, on your show here, but this is a online certification that people go to dolcedietshop.com. We have the pre-registration that's still running right now if, if they're down or interested. And yeah. February 26th, 27th and 28th, it's live and remote via Zoom. Bam, we're here. We're in your face, in your room. I mean, we're talking here for a few minutes. It's three fucking days of, of high level intensity. It's myself. It's a couple of our dietitians. Um, and then we got some members of our community who come on in some current coaches we got 10 figure coach or five figure coaches now coaches that are making 10 grand or more as nutrition coaches who are quitting their full-time business and this isn't some fucking gary v grant cardone foo-foo bullshit click you know little, little thing this is real people who are busting their ass yeah. and they're fucking bootstrapping and grinding because they loved helping change people's lives like that's what we teach yeah. um so that's all there and that's available man and uh then I do like, the, I'm trying to catch up, not catch up to you, but I'm very inspired by you, like on YouTube and shit. So um, that was, you know, I, this is where I show my age, where I never really got in all oh, these young kids in their YouTube, that'll never catch on. Well, now I'm like, fuck, I better get onto some YouTube shit, yeah. you know? And uh, so we're trying to be more active on YouTube. And I think where I'm best is not shooting videos. Yeah. It's me talking to people. I'm at my best when I get to talk to people, I get to answer questions. So I try and do a lot of live streams and that that really seems to help. Um, and it's not about building a massive channel. If that happens, great. It's about helping one person at a time. Sure. And again, that's where my heart is. That's where I wake up every day. I just want to help people, man. So if I, if I can, you know, get out there, I can help people. I can add some value. And then if the channels and stuff grow down the road, well, shit, maybe I'll, I'll, go, I'll go to the, the Daru Strong social media fucking, you know, <laughs> gangster seminar. Deb, you need to hook up one of those, man, because I'll be the first fucking attendee. Yeah, man, you're, you'll be there, man, right front and center, man, with me, bro. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell for yeah. sure, bro. Hey, listen, man, I truly appreciate your time, bro. And uh, hang on the line real quick. But if you guys don't know, now you know, all right? Mike Dolce, my guy, definitely a legend in the industry. Check it out, and that's it. See you guys next time.